Hey guys, welcome to episode two of the Running Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Jones. And yeah, welcome. How good was that first episode? It was on um, acceleration development and just a bit of an intro, which is great. And I got a lot of great feedback from from people that I know and, and new people that I've, I've never met before, but I've also checked out the podcast and um, were able to give and ask some questions that they were really struggling with, with their athletes. So um, I'm very happy and how well received that first episode was. And I'm really excited to be able to get into episode two today, which will be on the topic of training the junior athlete and more so in particularly developing speed in the junior athlete. So a lot of you coaches out there, especially SNC coaches, are training a lot of athletes, of course, whether it's soccer, rugby league, union, AFL, netball, um, you know, even tennis, you know, or any field-based sport at the moment that you're working with, the junior athlete and getting these guys faster is, is a constant struggle with a lot with a lot of coaches that I'm, I'm hearing feedback from. And I just wanted to kind of touch on that for episode two today and really, really kind of delve deep into some of the methods that I use to get junior athletes faster. And I just wanted to really start with and kind of go, go further on and touch on what an episode one was is you got to start with the basics. I think a lot of coaches want to see speed increments straight away. Um, and you need to really understand is that with the junior athlete, speed will happen over time and technique is the main, if not major focus for any foundational development of speed. So if you can't get that technique right and you're really sh- struggling at teaching that technique then you may need to look as a coach towards upskilling your development in in speed and this is what the running coach is all about so we have courses we have private consults we have all those things that we're able to help you with with development so technique is the major thing especially with junior athlete development when it comes to speed development as well so when we're looking at really technique i focus a lot with my athletes on arm movements to begin with especially with the kids most kids just get up and run. They don't have, have never been taught a technique of sprinting, running in the first place. They just get up and run because no one has ever taught them. And unfortunately, that's exactly how it is. And that's a problem that we have at the moment within our junior sporting and grassroots sports um, from a coaching standpoint is that we don't have any speed coaches there teaching these guys how to run fast. So arm movements and arm development are going to be the most crucial, at least in the beginning. And I, and I can do that with all 17 or all 11 athletes on a field or even just individuals. I can do it with all of them. You can line them up. You can do 30-second arm drills where you're really kind of getting them to swing their arms and teaching them how to swing their arms. I like to start the kids at 90 degrees with their hands facing at 90 degrees facing in front of them. And then from there, they begin to initiate the swing for 30 seconds. We start slow. We don't go fast. We always start slow. And then from there, we can build speed once they get the technique down pat. You have a lot of kids that will struggle to get that technique, especially in the beginning, is that they'll come out wide with their hands. They'll either come across their body with their hands and their arms. And you'll be able to notice that. And that's what these arms drill, arm drills are all about. It's about looking at individual kids technique and being able to edit that and adjust that within the session. Now, once we started to get a base level of technique and we get in the arm swing, because the arm swing you guys have to understand is from the shoulder. It's not from the hand, it's from the shoulder. So you should be always swinging your arms forward and back from the shoulder. And if you're successfully able to do that, you're going to be able to reduce the tension that a lot of these kids are having in their arms. 
Because a lot of kids try and tense up and move their arms really quickly and really short, but it's not really as effective as moving, or it's not effective as moving your arms long and moving your arms fast, long and fast with great technique from the shoulder instead of from the elbow or from the hands. So that's one coaching cue is trying to think about swinging your arms from your shoulder. So it's almost like a front raise and it, almost like an extension with a rear delt raise. That's the kind of feeling. It's not, there's no real level of attention towards the biceps or towards the hands. It's all towards the shoulder. So that should be your main focus. So if a kid starts swinging from their elbows and they're moving their elbows up and down, but they're not moving their shoulder girdle and their shoulders forward, then they're not actually swinging their arms. They're just flexing their elbow and they're making it feel like they are. So a good idea for a lot of these kids that you guys need to think about, especially is I use pocket. So behind the pocket and up to the height of the shoulder. So the kids should be able to see their, see their hands. They should be able to see their hands, whether it's a fist or an open hand, they should be able to see it. And then the arm should track back in a straight single line direction towards behind the pocket. And they should be able to feel behind their pocket that their hand is behind, right? And if their arms are out wide, you need to think about getting their arms in tighter and pocket to shoulder is a great cue that you can give a lot of kids, if not a lot of Olympic level athletes as well and elite athletes, pocket to shoulder, pocket to shoulder. So if you're able to give those cues and you, you, you will be able to quickly identify any kids that's struggling to get that down pat and you'll be able to go and address that straight away. So that's, that's another thing that you can really focus on with the standing arm drill is that you do a 30 seconds of swinging from the strings from the arm, strings from the shoulder, sorry. And then you are also looking at cueing in pocket to shoulder. And if they, the kids are able to successfully do that, then you'll move on to the next phase, which is increasing the speed. So you'll go from 30 seconds of doing slow and controlled, moving from the shoulder, and it should feel comfortable. Sprinting with your shoulder should never feel like it's, in your arms especially, should never feel like it's hard or it's so strenuous. It should feel comfortable and flowing. And especially at high speeds that I'm running right now or other athletes are running, it's never like it's, it should never be tough. It should be fast, but it should be con- comfortable. So like I said, so you're going to increase the speed from, from the 30 seconds you are now. You may start to increase for the next 30 seconds where you're increasing the speed of the shoulder movement. Now, you'll see a lot of kids in terms of error detection here, they'll try and move their arms fast and then they'll cut their range of motion short again. So you need to be able to cue pocket to shoulder. And if they don't get it right, regress, go down, with, go down in regards to their arms, arm swing, arm speed, sorry, and make sure that they're executing pocket to shoulder and their elbows are staying in tight, their arms are coming through straight, and they're able to successfully do that properly. And this is going to take time. I guarantee you guys won't probably get past stage one of that arm drill for at least a week or two, at least a week or two of getting it right, because there's going to be maybe 60% of the kids that may get it in the first session, and then the other 40% of the kids may still just have that attention kind of dis- attention deficit there where they're not able to... Um, comprehend what you're talking about and you're gonna have to work with them a little bit more individually as well so that's something to consider that it's going to take time and that these arm drills that you do where they're standing up tall that they're swinging from pocket to shoulder they're doing a controlled speed it's going to help them already right so that's what i normally start with with our junior athletes i normally go 30 seconds of controlled then i'll increase the speed once they've got that technical proficiency and go into a faster 30 seconds and then i'll also go into as fast as they can for 30 seconds as well, standing on the spot. And what they should feel is, is once they 
are getting a hang of it and they're able to do it at a, at the fastest speed that they can possibly go at, they should start to feel their body coming off the ground. And that's a sign for a lot of coaches that you guys need to be looking at as for a cue is that if your athlete is swinging their arms fast as they can and with great technique, they should be starting to rise up off the ground naturally because their arms are going to pick them up and swing them up off the ground. So that's something that you guys should be looking at for a cue, right? And something to take away from this video as well. And this podcast is that when they're swinging their arms and they're swinging as fast as they can with great form from pocket to shoulder, they should start to be coming and rising up off the ground naturally. Right? And if they're not, then they can swing a little bit faster or they're just too tense and they need to relax. Moving on from there, the protocol probably you're looking for for an athlete is now we're going to get into some runs. We're going to get into some acceleration runs with these guys. So we're still focusing on the arms. I haven't even looked at going to the legs yet. And all the focus is on the arms. So we're going to maybe do some run-throughs over 20 and 30 meters. And our biggest emphasis is around swinging the arms from pocket to shoulder, from a standing start, and just building speed as we go, right? Don't think about with the kids if you're out thinking of telling them to cue and swing your arms as fast as you possibly can. Because when they start running, they're going to produce errors. They're going to go across their body again. They're going to go back to old habits. So start slow. Just do some easy 50% run-throughs over 30 meters and get them to swing their arms from pocket to shoulder. And they should feel it's a lot easier to run too. They should feel like they're able to get to speed a little bit quicker. And then from there, what you can do is you can move on to increasing the speed of those runs, right? So you can increase the speed of those runs now and you've gone from doing it from 50%. Now you'll go to 60% or 70% and you can scale that volume up a little bit more. And so, that's something to consider. And as they increase their speed and their arm speed, they're going to increase their sprint speed as well. Because remember in our first podcast, if you're listening, is that your arm speed dictates 20% of your overall max velocity, right? So that's a lot in terms of max velocity speed. So if you're not swinging your arms correctly, you're not swinging your arms as quick as they can with full range of motion from pocket to shoulder, then you're going you're gonna to find that you're missing out on 10 to 20% of your maximum speed when you get into top flight. So focus on the arm swing. Like I said, you keep progressing up to 75%. Once they start nailing that, then you may start to execute 100% sprints over 30 meters where they can swing their arms from pocket to shoulder consistently. And that could take literally six months to do. It's going to take time, guys. And you need to really understand that with your junior athletes, it's not a requirement for these athletes to nail this technique in a week, in a month, in a year. It's about them improving their technique over a number of years, you know, through their junior junior sports. Because even the elite athletes right now are still working on their technique. It's never it's not never going to be perfect. But if you can actually execute that technique from a younger age, that skill set's going to be more so ingrained neurally as well. And you're going to be able to execute that when you naturally when you get up to the higher levels of of sport. So as coaches, you need to really be patient with your kids when it comes to speed development, and especially with their arm drills. You can't get them to execute that overnight. It's going to take a long time, and it's going to probably take you close to a year to at least get consistency out of your athletes, your junior athletes. Something that the kids can also do at home, and this is a drill that I like to use with a lot of kids, is I'll get them to do that standing arm drill in front of a mirror. The reason why is that I want these kids to be able to see what they're doing. I want them to be able to see if they're doing something wrong. I want them to be able to see if they're getting from pocket to shoulder. And they should see it. They, they, it gives them an opportunity in front of the mirror to do it. 
So I'll do controlled speeds. I'll do a controlled speed of probably 50% in front of the mirror. And I'll get them to do that for one minute. I'll do three to four sets of one minute at a time, them swinging their arms from their shoulder and doing it correctly. And then as they start getting better, then you'll progress the speed, move up to 60, 75%. And then they'll move on to 100% eventually when they're able to have a technical proficiency of going pocket to shoulder, arms coming through straight um, and making sure that they're, they're staying tall at the same time. So that's your arm drills, right? So we, that's something that's going to allow your athletes to get better with movement with their arms and automatically, especially with a lot of, all the junior athletes that I've worked with, they're all able to get faster in, immediately from doing those arm drills because they're, they're learning how to move their arms properly. And if you know how to move your arms properly, your legs will follow, right? So whatever your arms do, your legs will follow. If your arms are coming across your body, your legs are going to come across your body. If your arms are coming out wide, your legs are going to start to come out wide. So you want to be keeping them as straight as I possibly can, coming from pocket to shoulder. And I'm going to keep repeating that all throughout this podcast and you're probably going to get sick of it. But it's a cue point that you should really be writing down because it's a cue point that you should be implementing for all of your junior athletes right now in regards to speed development. Pocket to shoulder, simple cue. The kids know where their pockets are on their shorts and they know where their shoulder is, right? And then you can edit those little cues in between to make sure that they don't overextend or go too far at the same time. So that's something that you can really focus on right now. Now onto the next phase. Once we started getting those arm drills right and we're working on it, we want to look at probably getting these kids into a three-point stance, right? A three-point stance to work on their arm drills. Now you're only going to run over 10 meters. We're not looking at projection. We're not looking at you know, all, the, all the leg drills and dorsiflexion of that yet. We're still working on arm drills. And the reason why is because you need to understand is that a lot of kids are going to have to push themselves off the ground and then sprint to the ball or sprint to the position that they need to get into. So we need to be able to make sure that they're using their arms effectively coming out of a, a, a flat on the ground or three-point stance so then they can effectively move their arms when they're coming under a, a different projection angle. So that's what we're going to work with. And then after we do that, then we can... And, and we've actually technically got it right, then we can look at leg drills. Then we can look at all those little things like that. So arms are a massive importance. And I really just start with the arms of a lot of my junior athletes because if they can get that right, they're immediately going to sprint faster than they did before, right? And then it makes it a lot easier to cue the legs when we want to work on leg drills and leg drive and projection and f- frequency and all those little things like that. So arms are a massive importance and we'll move on now into our probably a bit more of our other drills now with junior athletes that I focus on is their leg drills and more importantly is their acceleration. So I'll do sprints over 10, 20, 30 meters and but more importantly is doing those sprints. I may do three sets of could be four reps, could be five reps, six at a time. That's what I'll probably do maximum over a session with it. We're just working on a straight line running. Because majority of the session with a lot of field-based athletes, you'll be looking at acceleration and deceleration qualities. So you need to be able to train both. And a lot of coaches get this wrong and they just basically focus on the acceleration component. But an athlete needs to learn how to slow down and stop and change direction. So you need to be able to teach those mechanics. So I'll do a lot more work mostly on acceleration and deceleration work. So they'll either sprint, They'll jog to the first 10 meters, they'll sprint to the next 10 meters and they'll stop, right? And they'll slow down and stop on the 20 meter line. So you might have a 20 meters distance, 10 meter jog, 10 meter sprint, 
10 meters, like, and then you stop on the 20 meter line. And they have to have their hips square and they have to have great body position, low, lower center of mass of the ground. And that's something that you may see in a few videos that I do later on. But that's acceleration and deceleration. I focus a lot more on that than I do on just acceleration with field and team-based sport athletes because it's a massive, massive requirement for a lot of these athletes to slow down and change direction and re-accelerate again. Okay, so if these guys don't know how to slow down, then number one, they're going to overshoot. They're going to accelerate too hard. They're going to not be able to slow down. They're going to get themselves injured, especially at that young age, having uh, being more susceptible and prone to injuries, especially ankle and knee. So we need to, and hamstring injuries. So we need to be working on that deceleration mechanic to make sure that they're able to slow down and change direction effectively. So I'll work more on that than I do on acceleration. But in saying that, when we are working on acceleration work, I'll work over 10, 20, 30 meters. I'll work on them, like I said, if they've already mastered the proficiency of swinging their arms, I'll work on straight away afterwards, really kind of working on knee drive. So getting that triple extension out, punching the knee down and back straight away as soon as they come out, not trying to spend too too long in the air, really trying to spend more time um, getting off the ground, but faster to the ground as well at the same time. So it's a bit of a double-edged sword there. So you're trying to work on a bit of both. So I'm not trying to spend too much time in flight time in the beginning. I'm trying to get them to project at an angle of around 50 to 55 degrees because with a lot of these kid junior athletes that you're working with, they're not going to be able to project at 45 degrees, right? Because it, to project at 45 degrees means they've got to have a level of strength and a level of power. And especially at their young age, they're not going to have that. So it's better if you're going to go through a three-point or even if they're at a standing start with one foot in front of the other for them to project much higher than normal. Because they're gonna, it's going to be easier for the kids to be able to adjust, especially in their sport. And then you can progress that from getting them lower and lower into a three-point stance where they can project a little bit lower eventually when they're getting to five, six years down the track from, you know, let's say that 11 and then they get to 16 years of age where they can work on projecting at a lower angle because they've got the strength and they've got the foundational base to be able to do that. So we'll work on punching, driving out, pushing out of each step, which is very important, uh, pushing the hips forward. So that's a uh, teaching tool there. And like we mentioned in podcast one, in episode one, it was about those wall drills. So the wall drills, are you can really kind of cue hips forward, hips forward, um, because it's an area where a lot of kids and a lot of um, uh, really kind of lacking is they don't understand how to accelerate and with their hips forward. Um, so their bum's hanging back the whole time. So that's why we use the wall drill or we use the sleds or the prowlers is so then we can promote that hips forward. And then from there, you're able to go straight from there into down and back uh, with, with the legs as well, like a piston action. So that's something that we're really looking at there is pushing out of each step, hips forward, arm drive. It will, will really help them extend out as well. And if they're able to do that and punch back to the ground, then we can look at dorsiflexion and a lot of those other things to get more elastic qualities and stiffen up those ankles a bit more. Um, so yeah, we'll work over that over 10, 20, 30 meters. And once they start developing a little bit of those mechanics, then we'll look at probably moving on to getting some more elastic drills. So um, bounds, uh, vertical jumps, single leg hops, double leg hops. So more rudiment jumps, if anyone knows what that is. Um, then we'll also look at, you know, making sure that they can do some of those drills as well. Rudiment jumps are just a great way of getting ankle stiffness, right? And ankle stiffness, because we have a stretch reflex in our Achilles, 
especially through our, through our Soleus as well. We want to be using that to the best of our ability to get off the ground as quick as possible. So doing those jumping drills with the kids early on is actually not only fun for them because you can make it fun, you can make it competitive, like over a 10-meter block, you can do a little race where they've got to be able to get as many steps in as possible, many jumps in as possible, and that will stop the kids from just jumping three steps um, forward in front of everyone else. So they've got to fit as many as they can in, and you're going to be able to train that ability of elasticity in ground contact. So rudiment jumps are a great way of doing it. I generally start with double leg with a lot of the kids. And then I'll eventually, when they're getting that right and they're able to go double legs forwards and double legs backwards where they're not being able to see it and have dorsiflexion and lifting their toes. Um, and they're not seeing any knee valgus, which is basically what happens is your knee starting to cave in as you kind of landing on the ground and they're staying real stiff and solid. Then we'll look at progressing to a single leg hop um, where they're able to go forwards um, and backwards. And like I said, it's the same goes that for lateral jumps as well. So if you're doing facing one way, lateral jumps one way, lateral jumps the other, I'll start with double leg. And as they progress, the same thing, they don't, they, they're in a great posture, great position. They've got great stiffness off the ground. Then we'll go to single leg drills. And that's really what's going to help us. So those are just some extra drills. Like I said before, there's heaps of things that I've already talked about already in this episode of what you can do with junior athletes. Uh, focusing on acceleration and deceleration mechanics are going to be critical towards all field-based athletes, especially in that. So you need to be teaching them not only how to accelerate, but you need to be teaching them how to decelerate. And there are plenty of drills out there on deceleration as well. You might see me do a few, especially on uh, Instagram or LinkedIn, wherever I put that on, and you, you just keep following along. So if you don't know where that is, you go to on LinkedIn, go to the running coach and you should be able to see the logo straight away. On Instagram, it should be the running coach with an underscore at the end and you should be able to find it straight away as well. And a lot of there, there's content, there's drills, whether we're doing acceleration or flying drills or max velocity drills or speed endurance. There's also links to these podcasts. And if you want to watch the video podcast, like I'm recording right now, it's on Facebook and that's at the running coach as well. So if you want to find that, you want to watch the whole thing, uh, go to Facebook, but all the podcasts are distributed on Spotify. You can also find them in Google as well and a few other places as well. Um, so, but Spotify is the main one. And there is a video on Instagram and LinkedIn where you can actually, it helps you find the podcast because as we're obviously growing our audience, we're, we're down the list a little bit. So we need to get ourselves up there. Um, I really appreciate the support I've been getting over the first podcast as well. And I'm really excited for so many more episodes to come. There's going to be a lot of special guests coming on soon, um, elite track and field coaches, strength coaches, uh, nutritionists that are going to talk about nutrition for especially speed athletes, as well as even, psych- even some uh, performance psychologists as well to talk about the mentality that you, know, you really get from speed athletes because they're slightly different to you know, your, your field-based sport. With a lot of speed athletes, um, there's some traits about these athletes that have set themselves a little bit apart from the rest and that they have that others don't. And it's vice versa with endurance athletes. A lot of endurance athletes have qualities, psychological qualities that speed athletes don't have as well. So it's cool to be able to kind of delve deep into that as coaches. And I'm really excited to be able to do that. So guys, these are some drills that you can really focus on. I'm going to keep this a lot shorter and sweet. We're going to do, like I said, they're half hour podcast. If I have a guest on, we're really going to focus on probably stretching that out to an hour because the guest is going to be doing most of the, um, 
uh, they're talking about their background and their experience. But most of the stuff that I'm talking with you is going to be short and sweet. They're going to be 30 minute podcasts. So you can really get them on your commute to work or if you're on the bus or train or um, you're in the office and you want to listen to something for 30, 40 minutes, then this is going to be your opportunity. I just wanted to really finish on for the last probably five minutes or so is that when you're coaching junior athletes, it's imperative that you give them simple cues. And I touched on this a little bit last week and, and the simple cues are one word cues. I learned that, you know, obviously the best cues are the one word cues. So shoulder to pocket is a great cue because the kids know where shoulder to pocket is. Um, with the acceleration drills, it might be as simple as saying, push out of each step. It might be as simple as saying, you know, if they're running over a 30 meter block, it might be as simple as saying, swing your arms as fast as you can. Shoulder to pocket, right? And you're just queuing each rep. Remember, nothing is going to be perfect. And I think communication is the key towards being a top-level coach. It's being able to communicate with your athletes each rep within each set, each day, each training session, be able to get more out of them. If, that, if your athletes are able to respond to you through your communication, then you're doing the right thing. But if your athletes are second-guessing and kind of not really understanding, then you need to kind of ask yourself as a coach, why is that? Why is that child not understanding what I'm talking about? You know, is it my communication? Am I too technical? Do I need to break it down? Do they need a visual? Like, what is it that I need to do as coach to communicate better? And this is what the running coach is really all about. It's about helping you SNC coaches out there get your athletes faster through not only the technical components of running and the practical application, but through coaching itself is that speed is one of, if not the most technical aspect of um, athlete development, in my opinion, to teach. It's so technical, it takes such a long time to teach and you need a great level of communication to be able to do that. You need to be able to identify, like mentioned in the last podcast, on the spot errors that kids are making, that athletes are making, that elite athletes are even making and be able to cue them ready to go for their next rep. And this, all of this takes practice. You never really learn overnight. You have to have a little bit of an eye of it too. But this is something that you can practice and you can learn. And this is what I'm creating all these videos and podcasts about, is about teaching you guys how to identify problems that are going wrong. So if a kid is struggling to you know, dorsiflex his ankle, break it down. Get them to stand up, get their knee up, and get them to dorsiflex their ankle. So, and, and show them. And, and because a lot of kids need visuals these days, especially with the technology that we got now, kids learn by visuals. So coaching cues of saying swing your arms faster, they may not even understand that. You may have to just show them how to do that. So as a coach, you need to be able to learn these skills yourself of speed development to be able to teach and apply them to these athletes. You can't just say swing your arms faster and you don't even know how to do it yourself. So it's important as from a coaching standpoint that you guys know and have mastered the art of speed development. So then you can teach any athlete from grassroots all the way to the elite level. So coaching cues, be clear, be concise, be direct. Be clear, be concise, be direct. If Write that down right now. If you've got a pen and paper, be clear, be concise with your cue, and then be direct with what you want, right? And don't steer away from that until you start seeing some level of results, right? And what I really mean by that is that over the session, if you see that the kid's really struggling with it, like I said, go and be clear and tell them what you want and show them what you want. Be concise, one word kind of cues that you want out and then be direct, right? And in, and in the way with the kids of being direct, 
is getting them to do the rep, right? And breaking it down and regressing it and then being clear again. So be, be direct as you po- can possibly be with athletes. It's important that they know that you're the coach and that you're here to teach them and get them better. So those are three things that I definitely suggest. Be clear, be concise, and to be direct. There's heaps of things that I really touched on and even some of them now that I've got to think 20 minutes back about what I even said. But arm drills, going progressing from basics all the way into advanced, then going into runs of acceleration drills, then looking at acceleration and deceleration mechanics and teaching those, and then looking at really kind of putting it all together and having an athlete be able to change direction, going into their rudiment jumps, are great drills, wall drills, and then, like I said, coaching cues. So be clear, be concise, and be direct. So that's going to wrap up this episode. I'm going to have a special guest on for episode three. Um, he's actually going to be a strength coach. So we're going to delve deep into you know a lot of our fields now and, and strength programming for speed athletes and how you can get your athletes faster by actually being in the gym as well and getting these guys stronger. So I'm really excited to get this guest on. Um, he's not only made a big impact in my career so far in regards to my athletics career with helping me get faster, uh, but also keeping me on the track and keeping me injury free. So that's going to be the next podcast episode. I really hope you guys have enjoyed it. Like I said, you can find us on Spotify at The Running Coach. You can find us on Instagram at The Running Coach with an underscore. And then you can find us on um LinkedIn as well, The Running Coach, Facebook, The Running Coach, Twitter, The Running Coach. So we're all over social media right now. And like I said, if you guys have got any questions, feel free to leave a comment below, but also find me on Instagram, DM me as well, ask me anything you want. I've already had a dozen of people asking me questions and scenarios for their athletes and I've been able to give them um, some answers that are able to help them as well. So like I said, please do reach out, follow us along go to the website at www.therunningcoach.com.au and you'll be able to check out some of the services that we do. We do, I do private consultations where I do them in person and also online, so you can do them anywhere. I've got a speed mentorship program as well, so if you want to go and jump and get involved in that, it works out to be almost an eight-module kind of content as well, so it's awesome from a theoretical to a practical. And then we're also getting some speed workshops lined up as well, so I'm really excited to be able to do some of these speed workshops to be able to meet a lot of you guys as well. So that's it for episode two, guys. hope you guys have taken a lot out of how you can train some junior athletes. And I'm looking forward to episode three. Where we're going to be touching on strength in the gym. Thanks, guys.